Hey Amen. God bless you. Can you see me? Can you guys see me in the in the... Yes. All right. All right. We thank God for today. We thank him for yes and amen youth on today. And we're gonna go forward with our lesson on today. And as we go forward, uh, we thank God for yet another opportunity and to be in a place. Uh, and so we thank God and we're thankful for this time in Jesus name. We pray and welcome. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Derek Fletcher and Yanni Fletcher. And so on today, our message on today is after the kingdom, Ezra. So today we're going to be talking about Ezra and uh, the unique part about Ezra and, <clears throat> and, and what took place uh, was an opportunity to rebuild uh, the temple and uh, the the uh, ruins that were at Jerusalem, and so we'll see how God uses a king, uh, a pagan king, to to work through those concerns. And so, right now, uh, let's take a look here. And so, it's the Old Testament. And uh, with the Old Testament, uh, the people have been exiled <coughs> and scattered, amen, because they were pagan and because they didn't necessarily do all the things that they should have done, uh, referencing things of God. And so let's take a look at this. Uh, and so topics, uh, first, uh, leaders, amen to be a leader and go first, even when things <laughs> are difficult. And so no matter what it is and what's going on, if you're a leader, you still have to lead during the difficult times. Do you guys get me on that? Even, even when it doesn't look like people are coming out or, or things are moving slower, you still have to lead out. You still have to go forward, okay? And so I, I want you guys to remember that sometimes it doesn't matter what it looks like. Sometimes it doesn't really matter what it feels like. But if God told you, you have to trust him. You have to trust. Somebody should mute their mic. You guys mute it right now. You guys, you, you have to trust everything that God has set you up for. Amen. And so we want to talk about community, godliness, guidance, uh, humility, leadership, listening. This is a key thing, listening and pride. Okay. And so, um, Derek, I'm going to ask you to open us up in prayer so you can unmute. Father God, we thank you on the day for keeping us safe. Thank you for keeping us hard and healthy. Father God, on today, we bless those who are not with us today and we bless this church as it grows on for choir people <clears throat> and servants of God to come together. Father God, 
I'll do that. I think you want to day for keeping people who are listening and coming into the church and listening and tuning in. Father God, um, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be alive and be at your service every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Can you guys hear me now? All right. Hey, Derek. Derek, go sit up there in the front. I have to. All right, cool. All right. Can you guys still hear me? Can you guys hear me? Okay. All right, all right, here we go. Um, I just wanna make sure there's no feedback or anything. Okay, so our memory verse for today is Ezra 1 and 5. It says, then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart, whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Okay. <clears throat> All right, again. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart, heart, God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. And so before I, I, I read it again here, the uh, house of the Lord had been torn down. It had been destroyed. Uh, set fire by the, uh, I want to say it was the Philistine and the Canaanites. And we had also the uh, Babylonians. And so those areas that were dedicated to God had been torn down. Okay. And so here again, Ezra 1 and 5, then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All right, so repeat after me. Ezra 1 and 5. Ezra 1 and 5. Ezra 1 and 5. Then the family... Excuse me. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin. And the priests and Levites. And the priests and Levites. Everyone whose heart God had moved. Everyone whose heart God had moved. 
Prepare to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Prepare to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All right. Okay, let's take a look here at the lesson. Uh, so am I still showing on the video? My face, everything's good? Yes. Okay. All right. So here's like the building, the team building. We're just going to pause it right there for a minute. So what is the definition of leader? Uh, Just whatever you think, whatever your definition is, you can share it. Bravery. Okay, that, so that's a, like an attribute of a leader. Bravery. All right. You have anything to add, Yanni? No. Okay. So let's take a look. So definitions may vary, but it's someone who goes first. Someone who takes charge. Okay. You guys got that? So someone who goes first and someone who takes charge. And really, leadership, there's so many perspectives on leadership and what leaders do and who they are. And so from that context, uh, these are good short answers for leaders. So in what ways do leaders lead? What do you guys think? So they lead teams, companies. What about the church? Are there leaders in the church? Yes. Okay. All right. So when you think of a great leader, who comes to mind for you, Yanni? God. Okay. Anyone? What about in the earthly realm? Like people who are like bosses. What about what about uh, teachers? What about principals? What about your parents? Aren't your parents leaders? Yeah. Okay. So when you think of a great leader who comes to mind, Derek? Uh, George Washington. Okay, so you said George Washington. All right. All 
So who are some leaders in the Bible you can recall? Derek? David. David, okay. Iani, leaders in the Bible. Noah. Okay, Noah. All right, cool. All right, so none of you probably mentioned Ezra. Ezra is a little known Old Testament figure. But he went first in a really important way. He led the people to repentance. Okay, at this time, if you remember in previous lessons, the people were occupied by other nations that were pagan, right? They wanted to be like the other nations. They didn't want to be like what God called them to be. So they were occupied. Not only were they occupied, but they were exiled from their homeland. And so places like the temple, the palace, and etc., were destroyed. And so Ezra, he's coming along at a very difficult time, a very crucial and important time for the Jewish people, okay? And so uh, it may well be uh, that he saved the Jewish nation from extin extinction, 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 excuse me, as we finish up the old, our Old Testament series today, we are going to study the book of Ezra. And so Ezra was considered to be a, a leader as well as a prophet. Okay? And a prophet is someone who is a seer uh, or, or a oracle of God. Okay. And so Ezra was a contemporary of Nehemiah, meaning they were colleagues, they worked together, they talked. While Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, Ezra busied himself rebuilding the temple. Okay. So, thought, though included in the Old Testament as a historical book, Ezra stands out. Okay. He stands out as an almost prophetic figure when he calls on people to remember the most important things. He is mentioned in the book of Nehemiah, as well as the book that bears his name. Many historians have also included, have concluded that if it weren't for the leadership of Nehemiah, and Ezra, the returning exiles of Babylon wouldn't have been assimilated into their Persian ruler's culture. Okay, in short, their efforts saved the Jewish nation from extinction. For this reason, it makes sense that these three books all right, and I, I blotted over them. Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther are grouped together in the Old Testament. So God used three people 
to, pres to preserve his people, amen, in the post-exile the post-exile period. Okay, any questions? Okay, um, now we're going to read Ezra 1, 1 through 5. And Derek, uh, I'll have you read this, the whole text. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to Persia, king of Persia. Persia, king of Persia, to make a proclamation, proclamation throughout his realm, and also to put it to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia. Persia says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kings of the earth. Kingdoms, all the kingdoms. Kingdoms of the earth. And he has appointed me to build a temple for him as Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up in Jerusalem, in Judah, and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. And in any lo locality. locality where survivors may now be living, the, the people are, are the people are to provide them with silver and gold with goods and livestock and with free will offerings for the temple of God in Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites Levites Prestites it says for the priests, priests and Levites, Levites. Levites. To everyone whose everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All right. Okay. So, who do we meet in this passage, Iyani? We meet the king of Persia, Cyrus. Okay. Cyrus, king of Persia. Okay. And at that instant and at that moment, Cyrus, king of Persia, was like the ruling authority at that moment. So over what kingdom does he rule, Derek? Uh, Jerusalem. 
Cyrus, king of Persia. Oh, Persia. Okay. All right. Thank you. I mean, he's 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 he has a hand over Jerusalem, but he's Persian. So, okay. So, what does Cyrus proclaim? What does he proclaim? He proclaims that the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all these kingdoms on the earth and has anointed me to build a temple for him. Okay, okay. So Cyrus, king of Persia, is a pagan king. But he says God has appointed him big G. Okay, Big G has appointed him to be ruler, but also to build the temple of God, right, in Jerusalem, at Jerusalem in Judea. So do we meet Ezra in this text? No. No, cool. All right, not yet. And so, in fact, Ezra doesn't appear in his own book until chapter seven. Okay. Between chapters one and seven, we read about the settling that took place before Ezra appears. Okay. So in verse, in chapter two, as a long list of people, who returned, right, is a long list of people. Chapter three is an intro to the rebuilding of the altar and temple. Chapter four outlines the op opposition to these projects when Persia rule changed hands, right? So Persia is removed and then another kingdom is set in place. Okay, so records the Jews appeal to King Darius was the same kingdom, but different kings now. Excuse me, sorry about that. Who has taken the throne in Persia. And so chapter six reveals Darius reply granting permission for the project to resume and records its completion and dedication, including the observation of the Passover. Okay. All right. All right. So Yanni, uh, you're going to read chapter, uh, this next excerpt. And this is Ezra chapter seven, verses one through eight. After these things, during the reign of Artaxerxes. Okay, so it's R, R to the X is actually a Z sound. So Artaxerxes. Okay, Artaxerxes. Can you say that? R. To, to Xerxes. Xerxes. 
Okay, go ahead, Yanni. Sorry about that. Go. King of Persia, Ezra, son of Sariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitu, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Mariel, the son of Zariah, the son of Uzi, or Uzi. Okay. The son of Bukai, the son of Abishua, the son of Phineas, Phineas, the son of Elazar, the son of Arad, the chief priest. This Ezra came up from Babylon. He was a teacher well versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. The king had granted him everything he looked. He asked for hand of the Lord. His God was on him. Some of the Israelites, including priests, Levites, musicians, gatekeepers, and temple servants, also came up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxer. Xerxes. Arta Xerxes. All right, keep going. You, you did good. Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. Okay. Great job with all those names. Uh, you pronounced them very well, Yanni. And so now we see Ezra arrives on the scene and he's in the middle of the uh, Babylonian uh, the children of Israel and the, the project to rebuild, right? And, and there's different things. You got the, the priests, you got the Levites, you got musicians, you got gatekeepers, uh, temple servants, and et cetera, okay? All right. And so... Who rules in Persia when Ezra returns to Jerusalem? Who's in who's in the ruler seat? Who's in charge? King Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes. Xerxes. All right. So Artaxerxes is the ruler. Let's just verify that, make sure. King Artaxerxes. Okay. So what is Ezra's role, Derek? Uh, he is the servant. He's a servant. What else is he? Uh, 
Oh, it seems he is a teacher. What is he? What? He is a teacher. A teacher? Who is um, what? Well versed? Who is well versed in the law. In the law. Okay. From whom does he descend from? Uh, I'm, I'm going to highlight it. Ultimately, he descends from... Right? They went through all of his lineage, all of his birthright. Ultimately, who is his descendant? Aaron. Aaron, the chief priest. I don't know if it has it in here, but I'm going to say, hey, it does. Bada boom. All right. So who returns with him? He, Yanni, who returns with him? He has an entourage of different uh, people, right? So I, I would look at verse number seven. Some of the Israelites. Okay. Some of the Israelites. Who else? The Levites. Musicians, gatekeepers, and temple servants. Okay. Okay. Cool. So he returns with all these people. Good. So Ezra returns to Jerusalem as the temple is completed. All right. So his role is not the construction of the building, but to re the reconstruction of his people. Right. They've been broken. They've been exiled. They've been exposed to all kind of other things. So his job is to deal with and to work through the spiritual matters of the people to get them pointed in the right direction. And so he leads, right? He speaks and he leads as a prophet to the people. He's pointing the way in which the people should go and where they should be align with the things of God. And this is interesting because the the, the preach message is kind of similar on today, kind of similar. All right, so Ezra 9, uh, 5 through 15. Let's see, we'll have, okay, Derek, I want you to read 5, 6, 7, 8 and 9, and then Yanni, you'll read 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay. So 9 through, I mean, 5 through 9, Derek. Then at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my self abundance with my. Okay. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. I want you to speak a little bit. Uh, a little bit louder. Okay, because when I hear you coming through the speaker, it's kind of muffled, okay? Uh, 
Then at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my self-abundance with my tunic and cloak torn and fell on my knees with my hands spread out to the Lord my God and prayed. I am too ashamed and disgraced, my God, to lift up face to you, to lift my face up to you. Because our sin, our sins are higher than our heads, our guilt has reached to the heavens. From the day of our ancestors until now, our guilty has been great because of our because the sword and captivity to pillage and humiliation at the hand of the foreign kings, as it is said, that is, as it is today. But now, for a brief moment, the Lord our God has been gracious in leaving us a remnant and giving us a firm place in his sanctuary. And so our God gives light to our eyes and a little relief in our bondage. Though we are slaves, God has not forsaken us in our bondage. He has shown us kindness in the sight of the king Persia. He has granted us a new life and I mean to rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins. And he has given us a wall of protection in Judah and Jerusalem. But now, our God, what can we say after this? For we have forsaken the commands you have, you gave through your servants, the prophets, who you said the land you are entering to possess is a land polluted by the corruption of its people, by their detestable practices they have filled it with their impurity from one end to another therefore do not give your daughter in marriage to their sons or take their daughters from you for your sons do not keep a treaty of friendship with them at any time that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land and leave it to your children as an everlasting inheritance. What ha- what has happened to us is a result of the evil deeds and our great guilt. And yet, our God, you have punished us less than our sins deserved and have given us a remnant like this. Shall we have break? Shall we then break your commands again and inter marry with the peoples who commit such detestable practices? Will you not be angry enough with us to destroy us, leaving us no lament or survivor? 
Remnant. Remnant or survivor. Lord, the God of Israel, you are righteous. We are left this day as a remnant. A remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt, though because of it, no one of us can stand in presence, in your presence. Okay. All right. So a remnant is basically compared to. The original, a remnant, is like a small number of survivors. So just if you wanted to catch that. So what do you sense is Ezra's tone of voice? How, how do you think he's feeling here, Derek? You think he's feeling happy, sad? You think he's disappointed? Okay. Okay, he's grievous, and that's similar to disappointed, right? Humble, and he's weeping. So how does he speak with God? What do you think? You think he's very thankful? You think he's grievous? You think he's angry? Or, or what, what do you think, Yanni? He's, he's unworthy. Okay. So he's broken. He's, he's like at that point, like, oh my God. Like, uh, like, uh, there's no one else that can make this, clean this up but you, right? He says, what can I say after this? For we have forsaken the commands you have given through your servants, the prophets. When you said the land, you are entering to possess the land is a land populated by corruption of its people, okay? So of what sin in particular is Israel guilty of? What do you think it is? So the people ignore the structure and the command of God, right? Yeah. They ignored it. It's like whatever, right? They 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 broke the commandments. God asked them not to intermarry, intermarry uh, with the people in the land. 
right? They they intermarry, they worship their gods and the, the pagan gods, right? Right. Okay, so those things, things as such. Right, they intermarried with the pagan neighbors. So do you recall this sin from earlier in our study? Okay. We, we told we didn't... them not to intermarry. Yeah. Okay. And so good good example. And we didn't necessarily study uh Solomon. I think we skipped that lesson. He was guilty of the sin. He he married uh uh, he intermarried, right? And so God, and, and so let me speak to that end. So back during that time, from a cultural standpoint, he didn't want them to intermarry with the people because they were pagan. They had religious practices and they didn't accept the God, big G, of the people of Israel. Okay. Any questions about that? No. no. All right. And, and so here Ezra says in verse 13 that God has punished us less than our sins deserve. Have you ever felt like that? Derek and then Yanni. What do you think about that? Did you ever do something that was very extreme but God did not punish you to that extreme of the item that you did or produced. Yes. Okay, anybody want to share? No. No. Man, you guys look real quiet. Okay. All right, so let's uh let's uh go down here. Uh, for Ezra 10, 16 and 17. Derek, please read that. So the exiles did as, as was proposed. Ezra the priest selected men who were family heads, one from each family division, and all of, the, and all of them decided this designated by name as in designated by name on the first day of the 10th month they sat down to investigate the cases and by the first day of the, of the first month they finished dealing with all the men who had married for him okay so here they're they're dealing with and they're looking at the perspective of the men who marry the foreign women. Okay. So why do you think this was such a big deal? What do you think? It was a big deal because on the first 
because Ezra, the police, the priest, selected men who are who were family heads. Okay, so they were leaders, and they had uh, married uh, outside of the guidance of what God asked them to, right? So it demonstrated that the people of Israel are serious about obedience. Okay, so they dealt with the men that married the foreign ladies. Okay, so what happened? Okay, so what happened if they do not repent and cease from intermarrying? What's going to happen? They'll be punished. Okay. So they're going to be punished if they... do not comply with the laws of God. Right? So they'll be exiled again and, and God will allow another nation to take them over. So God bringing them out of captivity was a act of grace. Why do you think they forsook that so easily and so soon? Why do you think they forgot it? Why do you think they were so tempted to do things outside of the realm of what God had asked them to do. Because all the other, all the other people were doing it. Okay, so everyone else was doing it. And so they wanted to do what everyone else was doing. Huh? Okay. Okay, let's, let's go down to keep it real. So what have we have covered the entire Old Testament history in the series? We we only touched we touched certain parts of it. So from Joshua to Ezra, and we probably need to go back and, and take a look because we've been just working different things. So Joshua to Ezra, have the people really changed? What do you think? You think they changed? Um, not really. Yeah, I was going to say not really. Not really. <clears throat> okay. So they says here they were stubborn uh, and rebellious as they first inhabited the land, right? When they first inhabited the land, 
they mixed in with the, with the other people there, right? And so they are stubborn and rebellious. Now, as they re-inhabit the land, right? <clears throat> so they're going back to their old ways. So God has saved them how many times? How many times do you think he saved them? A lot. Okay, a lot of times. Okay. So how many times has God demonstrated goodness in your life, Derek? Many. Many? Okay, okay. All right, so now, <clears throat> how's your... How is your reaction the same as the people in Israel? Did you, if God says to do something, would you rebel and become stiff necked, Yanni? Or will you do what he says? I'm going to do what he says. Okay. So even if it comes in the form of your, your parents? Yes. Okay. So that's really important that we observe and to look at the things of God and to observe to do everything that he has set out for us to do. So do we focus in on the people and what they're doing or do we focus in on our relationship with God? What do you think? Do we focus in on what we see or do we focus in on what God is telling us? On what God, what God is telling us. All right, that's that's the easy answer, right? That's the easy answer. But do you find that challenging? A bit. A bit. Okay. So I want you to keep that in mind. Focus in on what God is telling you, right? So Ezra, <clears throat> he had to deal with the fact that the people were kind of reverting back to uh, their old selves, even though they've been exiled, even though they've been conquered by other nations. And, and he had to be the leader. He had to share the, the word of God to them and the commands and statutes to the people. Okay. 